I'm Carlene, and this is Carlene Tonight. Hi, I'm Carlene, and this is Carlene Tonight. We have with us Sarah Trout. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. There we go. I just, I always wonder about how you pronounce yeah. your name no, it, just, yeah, in it, general, it. right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, um, for those who don't know Sarah, um, she's actually a psychologist. Um, actually, yeah, sorry, I'm a registered psychotherapist. Psychotherapist. To... I, yes. I miss, I, I it's apologize. Okay. No worries. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for those who don't know what a psychotherapist is, can you elaborate? Yep. Um, so I'm a registered psychotherapist and I help individuals who are experiencing mental health difficulties. So I help individuals understand their problems and make changes. I use a variety of different therapeutic approaches when I speak with people, but the main approach I use is something called cognitive behavioral therapy. And in utilizing cognitive behavioral therapy, what we do is work together to identify the thoughts that individuals are having that lead to unwanted feelings and behaviors. And so after that, we, after we identify the thoughts, we work together to develop a plan to challenge and change the thoughts with the aim of, if we change the thoughts, the feelings and behaviors also change. And I guess um, asking you a question about that, like every person is different, right? So how long on average does it take um, one of your clients um, to you know, start practicing the cognitive behavioral therapy and practice it in their life and see results? Um, I always get asked at the beginning of a session, how long is this going to take? And um, that's something that is very difficult to answer. But cognitive behavioral therapy is a short-term therapy approach. So if individuals sort of work, do the work at home and are able to implement the strategies, they often can see changes almost immediately. Right, right. Yeah, but I guess it, everything is subjective when it comes to mental health, right? Like yeah. um, I could see results right away, whereas the next person may not have the same. Yep, exactly. Results, right? Yeah. yeah. But I've heard so many positive things about it. Um, I have a family member who uses it in her day to day. And she tells me, Carlene, you don't realize it, but I am using cognitive behavioral therapy when I speak with you. I'm like, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but it's a really straightforward approach that once again, the goal is just when unwanted feelings show up to be able to recognize the thinking that's going on that's causing those feelings and then work to change those thoughts. Oh, very interesting. Um, so, you know, this show is about relationships and the relationships yeah. that we have with our friends and our family. And of course, when I think about relationships, it's usually with someone else, but I always think that relationships are with yourself too. You know, um, you have to make sure that your mental health is good in order to help others. And, um, I, I think one thing I want to ask you, um, when dealing with your clients, what is the, what is something that you've noticed during the pandemic? Um, I noticed that sort of, I don't know, lots of individuals are struggling with the isolation of having to be at home. Um, I think kind of in saying that sort of there's also maybe sort of the reverse that's happening is that individuals that are in relationships, there's also a lot more sort of relationship struggles that are coming up. 
just because two people or more that typically wake up, um, leave the house and spend time away from each other are now spending a lot more time together. I've also noticed a lot more sort of struggles with anxiety and low mood. I think that that's a result of the fact that we've all had a little bit more time to be a bit more introspective in terms of what's going on with our feelings. Mm -hmm. And like you said, because we like when people are in a relationship, um, they spend like eight hours, eight to nine hours apart, depending on their workday. Now that yes. they're working from home, how do we manage how what are your suggestions for managing that? I have been a big proponent with my clients during this pandemic of scheduling. So even with people that are resistant to schedules and typically haven't lived their life on a schedule, I've really encouraged people to, especially with a partner, sit down and get a schedule together um, so that they've got set periods of time where they can be alone in the house, have set periods of time where they're going to go out for a walk. Um, even in terms of sort of that work from home environment, when are you going to schedule that Zoom meeting so that you don't interfere with the other person? When is a lunch break going to be, a dinner break going to be, things like that? Yeah. And then I think what I've noticed, um, because I've lived in a household with a family and yeah. the it's it's so important to have a structure when you're dealing with mental health. I did not realize how much structure is involved with my family's household, like that I was yeah. living in. She is structured to the core. Like, and I think um, because everyone's at home because of COVID, it's yeah. like one of the, one of the kids is downstairs doing their schooling. The other one's in another room, the other one's in the basement. And then um, we have to rearrange the, the household, you know what I mean, um, yeah. in order for everyone to function, but also just your day to day structure. And, and I think, like you said, structure is so important now during isolation period. And I didn't realize how much structure I actually needed to implement yeah. because um, my anxiety went up. I think not knowing. I think yeah. for all of us, right? Not knowing when, how long we're going to be laid off for, how yeah. long this is going to last, not having a time frame. That's yeah. what adds yeah. to it, right? And and I think lots of issues with this pandemic are completely out of our control. So to your point, we have zero control over how long we're going to be locked up inside from. Um, for we have little control if we're going to get laid off or have reduced hours at work. But what we can control is, okay, going back to that schedule, we can control what time we're going to get up at. We can control what time we've made a decision to go for a walk at, controlling what time we connect with a friend via video or phone with. And, and you're right. And I think it's it's about getting creative with things. So there is a whole lot that we can't do right now, but focusing on what you can do. So if it's a Zoom date, um, I know I've encouraged clients to sign up for Meetup Toronto groups, have lots of different Zoom meetings, or I know that there's Airbnb, Airbnb experiences online, um, just kind of experimenting and doing something different. Because I think it's also those different things that if we can get planned, once again, scheduled in, that gives us something to think about. 
Hi, I'm Carlene, and you're listening to Carlene Tonight. Tonight we feature Altered by Mom. The song is Larger Than the Ribs. The band's been together since 2016, and you can check them out on Spotify, on Facebook, and Twitter, Altered by Mom. Is it worse to be hurt in the heart or the brain? Or the mind, I don't mind, but I'll sing just the same. It's a pain in the head, in the ass, it'll pass. Is it truth, is it lies? Do we grow, will we die? Do we drown or get shot, maybe choke on the smoke? Maybe hang by our necks, what the heck, all the same? Do we hug, do we kiss, do Do we we even exist? Are you pissed, are you mad? can't tell what this is Cause my heart is larger than the ribs Larger than the ribs that contain it My heart is larger than the ribs Larger than the ribs that contain it My heart is looking for a heart Looking for a heart that will take it My heart is larger than We had fun, I can't sleep in the dark This is sharp, what a treat If you are what you eat Then I'm lost in the fog Acting young, feeling old I am cold, was it real? Was it pain? Only trip. If you give, I would take Little space for mistakes My missteps, I'm aware But sometimes I can't care Cause my heart is larger than the ribs Larger than the ribs I can
Hi, I'm Carlene, and you're listening to Carlene Tonight. Tonight we feature Altered by Mom. The song is Larger Than the Ribs. The band's been together since 2016, and you can check them out on Spotify, on Facebook, and Twitter, Altered by Mom. You've covered a lot. So, I, you know, in terms of like um, relationships and uh, being single, but I think um, the one thing I want to know is, um, you know, mental health. That's something that you work with every day, people who deal with mental yeah. health and their concerns. And my question for you is how should one cope with mental health issues and being in a relationship versus being single? Because I think now it's changed. Like even for me, Sarah, um, there were things that came up and because I had, I started taking medication yeah. um, and my mood changed and, you know, like we're trying to do the best we can, but sometimes it's hard. And it is, it is hard. And that's why I think it's really important to then reach out to someone. So if it is contacting a professional such as myself, if it is reaching out to a friend or a family member, but I think it's really important to talk. And yeah. if you are struggling to just say it out loud. Right. Just because, mm. because there is, there is people in your life. Once again, kind of, if you don't feel comfortable sharing with a family member, a friend, reaching out to a therapist. So reaching out to a therapist, even for a free consultation, just to get a bit of support. Yeah. Because you you don't really want to tell your family everything and no right and, you know like it's hard you don't like yep. I think even when you're at work um I, I remember I was at work in the fall with my old coworker and she said you know we are all dealing with in the in the different ways and and some people make it all about them yeah and and you're listening to them and they don't realize when you're listening to them day in and day out, how much stress that is on yeah. you as a person. And yeah. then you don't realize it. Like I had to reevaluate how much I was speaking to certain friends with mental health concerns because it yeah. was affecting my own mental health. And then yeah. it was, you know, because I can't do anything to help you. And yeah. I'm the kind of person that wants to help you. So like you said, it's like having to talk to someone else to get feedback on yeah. what you need to do like what are the next yeah. steps going forward right yeah yeah so for those who don't know you and they 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 need to speak to someone um how can they um contact you are you on social media are you on yeah so i i can be reached at my email address is sarah s-a-r-a mm -hmm. at therapytoronto.ca mm -hmm. um, and I also have a website www.talkwithsarah.com okay. so as part of my services I do offer a free consultation and so, uh, just for those of you um just how, how do you spell your name because I right, know yeah, sorry, it's Sarah's yeah. sorry Sarah spelled S-A-R-A Yes, I know. I just have to bring that up because some yeah. people spell it with it's, an H, right? Yes, they do. Yeah, and trout is T-R-O-U-G-H-T. Perfect. Um, so Sarah is a registered, you said, psychotherapist. Psycho yes, yeah. which is a very different thing than a psych... What did I say? Psychologist, yeah. Psychologist, because psychologists can 
write a prescription for medication, whereas you well, no, actually, no, um, sorry, <laughs> psychologists are have a PhD, so right. they are they've got their doctorate. I have a master's, so I haven't, I don't have a PhD. Um, psychologists don't rec prescribe medication. Medication comes from a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. So a psychiatrist is a medical doctor. Right. I know. I always get um, them all mixed up. I I, I do know what Jenna yeah. is, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a no, clarify it can, it, for yeah, everyone it can, listening. It, exactly. <laughs> it can be confusing. Yeah. And so I don't prescribe medication, mm -hmm. but as part of my services, if in talking to someone, I think that they would benefit from medication. I do communicate with a family doctor. Right, right, right. But wow. I think it's also, I think it's also once again, kind of medication can be very useful. And I always word it that it gets people to sort of that baseline level of functioning. But I think speaking with someone is invaluable just because I think through speaking with someone, you learn the tools. Right. So then you've got the tools and that becomes something that you own. So moving forward, if you find yourself hopefully kind of speaking with someone kind of gives you the strategies and gets you over whatever brought you to therapy. But then mm -hmm. in the future, if similar issues come up, you've got these tools. So you know how to manage in situations. Yeah. Um, I think there is like mental health. Um, I'm going to bring this up as someone who um, has some mental health concerns of their own, of my own. Um, I think a lot of people um, do not understand, um, you know, mental health and how it can affect your day to day. I think people yeah. think that you can, like one of my family members thought that I could change my diet to make my anxiety yeah. go away. And I yeah. said to her, it's not going to go away. It will get better if I yeah. change my diet and if I exercise more. Exercise has always been the number one thing to help yeah. with most mental health issues. Yeah. But I wish I could wake up and it would be gone. And I don't feel yeah. those feelings that I feel when I, I am anxious, right? And I, and I think the other thing that I like to talk to people about is that I don't think the goal of therapy can be to never experience anxiety or low mood again because when we're individuals living a life, we are part of life, we are going to experience various mood symptoms, be it anxiety, stress, low mood, they are going to show up. But part of the goal of therapy is also learning how to manage it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's an ongoing thing. I exactly. think, you know, um, for those who are listening, I'm Carlene and this is Carlene tonight. I have Sarah Trout with me on the show and she is a registered psychotherapist. And I think um, the one thing we have to remember is that um, mental health could be something that is ongoing and it can be with you for the rest of your life. I mean, I've yeah. been um, in therapy for 17 years and um, I sometimes I, I go through periods, Sarah, where I'm like, oh my God, I'm good. You know, I don't yeah. even talk to my therapist. Sometimes yeah. it'll be a year, but that's yeah. just me not like, you know what I mean? I, th I think yeah. I want to handle everything on my own. But when push comes to shove and something is bothering me and I can't solve it on my own, I need to talk to someone else because they're going to give me the solutions I might not even think of. No, I agree. And I obviously, based on what I do, I'm coming from a bit of a biased position. 
But I think, I don't know, in an ideal world, speaking to someone, so if it's going to a psychotherapist, a counselor, a psychologist, would be as regular as going for your dental checkup. So you go Mm. to dentist typically every six months and then sooner if we need be, because we take care of our teeth. And I think sometimes, unfortunately, in society, we don't recognize that it's just as important, maybe even more, to take care of our mental health. Yeah. And I think it's conversations like when Val Let's Talk um, started their initiative, it kind of brought that to the forefront because, you know, in family, like since we're talking about relationships and in depending on the family that you grow up in or the culture you are, it's not something you talk about. It's not something you discuss. I'm from the Caribbean and growing up, like even just saying things like I love you or having like parents who are very affectionate. But another thing that I think that not all families talk about, like more traditional parents, they don't talk about mental health and they think that everything's okay. Or like they think that their way of doing things is okay when it may not necessarily be the best way. And then you realize that, oh my God, you know, I I had anxiety four years ago, but to be quite honest, after talking to my therapist, I think I've had it since I was a kid and I didn't know, like, you're just, you're just going through the motions and then you're not realizing it, but you're functioning as a regular part of society, not knowing that, oh, well, why am I like this? Right. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And we don't know what, like, anxiety feels like when you're a kid it's a little bit different um and I think when you're a kid you don't um always recognize certain emotions or things that may bother you and no and I think that's sort of um something else that I talk to individuals about that have kids um is the importance of teaching kids different emotions so I think it's really important for kids from a very young age to learn that they are going to experience gain is part of life anxiety stress nervousness anger sadness happiness because I think traditionally we kind of only communicate happiness and sadness yeah and when kids young teens teenagers inevitably experience a bit of anxiety then there can be a bit of uncertainty or almost even kind of panic about what's going on right now because this emotion feels so uncomfortable Yeah. So I have a question for you. We're in a pandemic and I read an article. I didn't read it all. It's saying that anxiety and depression is at an all time high. So that means that people like yourself are probably busier than ever. I know my therapist is very busy. Um, If you can't speak to someone um, and you have to be on a waiting list, like what, what should people be doing in the meantime? You know what I mean? Just to help with, with, um, and I, feeling anxious or having problems sleeping. And so I, I think you alluded to this a bit before. I think with anxiety, it's scheduling that time in the day that you get out for a walk and you might not feel like going for a walk. You might not be motivated to go for a walk. But if you've made a decision to go for a walk at 1 p.m., really challenging yourself to put on your jacket, put on your shoes and get out and go for a walk. And the yeah. same thing you said about connecting with someone. So connecting, arranging in advance, if it's a friend or family member that you're going to contact them hypothetically at six o'clock, mm-hmm. you might not want to be, do it. You might not be motivated to do it, but you contact them and okay. kind of 
in kind of even with sleep as well, sort of just being cognizant about what's going on with your sleep. So are you getting enough sleep? Mm -hmm. So even with mood, yes, talking to them, but thinking about sort of checking in with the basic things. So are you getting the exercise? How's your diet? Are you getting enough sleep? How much or how much alcohol are you consuming? Because mm -hmm. I think that's something else that's come up a lot in the pandemic is I think. Yeah. A lot of people are drinking more. Yeah. Drinking more. And I think lots of people turn to alcohol because they think it's going to kind of squash those emotions down. But the reality is that alcohol doesn't help. It actually makes mood symptoms increase. Oh, right. I and so and, and by no means saying not to drink, but I think it's just important to check in if you are feeling increased anxiety, low mood, check in with yourself. Once again, like how has my diet been? Have I been getting enough exercise? Am I getting enough sleep? How much am I drinking? Am I connecting with people? Because if any of those areas aren't being addressed, then that's something that an individual can change on their own without necessarily having, if they're waiting to sort of speak to a therapist. Right, right. Yeah, because, um, you know, for me, um, it took me, it, it was a little bit faster than I thought, but um, I think it took me like two to three months to get a psychiatrist. Um, yeah. Uh, since we're being open and honest here, this is something yeah. that I normally don't talk about on the show, but, you know, um, Sarah Trout is um, a registered psychotherapist and you can, um, check out her website at talkwithsarah.com. It's spelled S-A-R-A. -A. Um, if you want to book an appointment to even get a consultation with her, um, you know, it's people like you that help us get through um, our rough situations in life, you know, because not everything is perfect right now. And even yeah. before it wasn't perfect. So yeah. um, we have to find ways to mitigate that. So I, I want to thank you, Sarah, for taking time out of your day um, to talk to us. And hopefully yeah, you'll be able to come back again and we can talk about some other things because you brought up some stuff that's interesting. Alcohol being yeah. number one. Um, people are drinking a lot more than they used to. Yeah. No, and thank you for this topic, just because I think this is really important for individuals to be aware of their mental health always, but especially right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I honestly think that this is the time more than anything in, in the yeah. world, because we're, like you said, we're spending so much more time at home. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's amazing when you go outside, like even if you get sick during this pandemic, you don't realize how much yeah. you to get outside and get some fresh air. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. thanks again. There, You're I really welcome. appreciate it. Uh, thanks. You're welcome. Um, my name's Carlene and this is Carlene tonight with Sarah Trout. Hi, I'm Carlene and this is Carlene tonight.